Roxy Soxy. And good afternoon, Tam Tam. How you doing? I couldn't stop thinking about today's guest literally all night. I was getting <laughs> so excited um, because one of our favorite subjects is sex, right? And I feel like talking about sex has become less taboo over the years, especially because of social media. And I have always been super sexually driven. I don't know, like, Rox, you need to tell me about how you feel about your sexual prowess, but I've always been really into sex. I really like sex. I like talking about sex. Um, I like having sex. And I feel like I was kind of the anomaly, like women didn't really talk about it or didn't really like it as much. But then the more that we had people on this show and we had conversations surrounding the subject, I feel like there's a lot of people who really want to talk about sex. I mean, what do you, what do you think? What's, what's your sex life like, Roxy? <laughs> so for me, it was interesting before I started, we started this podcast. I did not like to talk I about my did sex so. life. I did not. I was such I a like, so. closed book. And I think that's why too, I ended up choosing the profession that I chose, like being right. a you know, red carpet host and doing interviews because I get to talk about other people, you know, a interesting. lot of the time. So it's interesting. But um, for me, I think that the podcast has really helped me to open up and to talk about yes. it or to be more open and honest, because I find that there are so many people who are experiencing so many similar things. And so it's right. like, wow, I don't have to feel alone and it's okay to be vulnerable. So right. I like talking about it more. <laughs> I mean, you literally went from like not talking to talking about like your husband slipping on sperm on a no, towel. No, me slipping. I think, me slipping oh, on you sperm. slipping on the sperm. And that was in episode three, Roxy. So I don't know if you were that closed off. I was like, we went from closed off to really open pretty quickly. And yeah. then you texted me the other day. You're like, I think it happened again. It almost happened again. So obviously you're pretty open with the subject. I know now I'm now I'm just like blown wide open I'm like okay I'm yeah. slipping on sperm I'm like I cannot break my neck during sex there's like so much going on yeah but yeah it's been really it's been really good so we've hit a good stride now we're we're like back on the horses they say yeah because you, know? you were off the horse for a little second I for was. a minute and I was, that's what know? we want to also talk to our next guest about like you were off the horse and I was like you got to get back on the horse but it was hard to do that it was hard to be mentally and emotionally there and ready for it you know like I just very much like if I'm not in that sort of mental and emotional game for me sex can be distant and it can be one right. of those things where I feel like I need like even the right. pre pre foreplay where it's like you're on the same, mentally on the same. Oh, you're just, in, we're one of those exhausting. I'm like, please just lay on top of me this. to make me feel better about my life. Like, I don't even care if I don't like him. I'm just like, we'll have a fight and I'll be like, can we have sex? He's like, no, I don't like you. And I'm like, so I'm like, what's the issue? You're like, get over it. It's fine. I'm like, get over it and get under it. It's fine. So thank God we have this next guest oh, because who, who so do we, who do we have Roxy? Because I've actually oh, been, we've been trying to get her for so long now that I, mean, I think I just, 
uh, you know, when they say like, you know, you just whittle away at the stone at some point, like you just carve away at <laughs> it. And I've become so annoying. We've become so annoying that finally she was like, fine, I'll come on your show. <laughs> I know it's like, it's taken a while, but we're so glad <laughs> she's here. You know, yes. we had to get all the ducks in a row, all the, you know, everything in a row and like ready to go. But we're so excited to have Emily Morris here, who is sex with Emily. I mean, you got to love the name too. Right. She's a podcast. She's a sex expert. She's got yes. so much going on. She knows everything in the realm of sex. One of the things we love to talk about on the show. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, let's welcome Emily Morris, Emily! Sex with Emily. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so glad we made it work. It's been a busy year with scheduling, but I'm uh -huh. so happy to be here with you. Oh, we were going to have you on, regardless yes. of if you wanted to be on here. <laughs> we were going to track you down. We'd be outside your place being like, hey, Emily, what do you think about vaginal <laughs> orgasms? <laughs> We're like, Tell I'm us here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> well, we're so excited to have you. I mean, I guess like, you know, Tam and I are both moms. So like we've sort of, you know, been through the whole childbirthing experience and raising kids and like mm -hmm. both of our kids are, you know, we all three of kids are seven and under. So it's like, you know, they're young kids. So it's like, you know, we're trying to have a balance of like mm -hmm. taking care of kids and like, you know, and being sexy, and being sexy <laughs> and all hard. that. And I would say like the consensus when we talk to friends is like, especially after having kids, how in the hell do you get your sex life back? How do you get your groove right? back? Yeah. How do you get <laughs> yeah. your groove back? So how, yeah. do we, how do we do this, Emily? Tell us, tell us. Oh my God. Well, first it's so common, as you know, it's more common than you can imagine. Uh, you have a kid and you, everything is great. You know, you're having sex beforehand and, and then you have a kid, like a, a human came out of your vagina mm -hmm. and things are not the same as they were before mm -hmm. physically. And then emotionally, mentally, you always have this other person to, to care for. And yet you're still supposed to have time to think about sex and get in the mood and shave and do all the things. And it's almost impossible. Like when they say, can women have it all? Like you can at this point in your life. When you have kids, right. I think it's really, really hard. Mm. And so just so know that people, and, and you get through it and sex gets better, it does. But there's so much that we don't understand about arousal and desire and what mm. gets us in the mood for sex. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about you, but I always believe that something was wrong with me if I wasn't in the mood for sex because you look at men, right? You're both with men. So in heterosexual relationships, or if you're with a man, men have something called spontaneous arousal or desire interesting you look at a man so they're spontaneous like they see you even if you're holding the baby or nursery they're like oh my god i want to have sex and we know it's spontaneous and we can tell that they're aroused because they have an erection it is mm -hmm. a physical manifestation of their arousal and so i always assume personally when i was in the mood for sex something was wrong with me because i thought i it should just hit me over the head i should just mm -hmm. be in the mood for sex all the time mm -hmm. well women have something called responsive desire we respond to stimuli. So if mm -hmm. this is the only, one of the only ways that men, that men and women's sexuality is very different. And there's, I used to think it was a lot more, but this is the way where like they get aroused and physically they have a response to that. And then they're like, okay, let's go. But we don't have that. 
And maybe when we're people are like, well, when I was younger, I thought about sex all the time. And I went, okay, but you're not younger anymore. And mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's hormones and you just had babies. So that's, I mean, even not just our hormones mm-hmm. are never the same. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't have kids, they're never the same mm-hmm. as they were in our twenties and then thirties is different than your twenties. So we have to understand is what gets us in the mood for sex. So for us, it's, it could be your husband cleans the house. Mm-hmm. He asked about right. your day. The kid, he took care of the kids when you got home. Um, you had a great talk and you felt really connected. Mm, that's the so one for important. me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that these are the things that we need to look at. If you look at your sexual blueprint in the sense of what, if I asked you, when was the last time you were in the mood for sex? Then we could wind that back and go, okay, what were you doing before that? Mm. What was happening that day, that night, that moment? Did you have a glass of wine? Were the kids sleeping already? Were you on vacation? Many people say, yes, we were on vacation. Hotel, like vacation hotel sex. sex. Mm, hotel sex yes. is the best thing ever Mm -hmm. so it's just because you're out of your environment you're not staring at the same dirty laundry in the corner and you're not hearing the Mm -hmm. kids and it's like there's just so many factors that go into being really ready for sex and turned on and we just need to understand those and then get those emotions so that's more of like the mental like I would say if your brain's on board for sex your body will Mm -hmm. follow but you got to get your brain in the game Mm -hmm. so that's part of it and the other thing is there's hormones. I think it's really important for women to always get their hormones checked. And we don't, you know, just in the last few years, and I've been doing this for over 15 years, and have we seen more and more research and science and studies behind hormones and that there's a lot of precursors to that. So if you were ever on the birth control pill, that could really impact your hormones. It never, mm-hmm. even if you go off, which you went off of it, I'm sure to have kids, it's like, our hormones never get back. We lose testosterone as we get older and go through perimenopause. Menopause is just like a 15 year process for many women starting at like 35 to 55 or 20 years it can be, but usually it's like late thirties to early fifties. Anyway, so then hormones, your testosterone drops, your estrogen drops, and all those things also impact your ability to get aroused, to get wet. So there's just all these factors. I know, it's, I mm-hmm. wish it was like a one answer question, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's an um, answer but it's not. And so also when I, I always say sex begets sex. So the more you have sex, the more sex you want. <gasps> Telling my husband this one. <laughs> yeah. But I always want so much sex. Too. And I, it's mm-hmm. just like, sometimes we don't have as much sex because for me, sex is, I don't know, maybe it's my own mental issues, but for me, sex is an intimacy that I don't get with other people. And it makes me feel better. It makes me feel yeah. less anxious. Like I like to have sex, right? Um, but when you have kids, you just obviously don't have it as much. Um, right. But it's interesting that you said, because I was watching a TikTok last night and the woman was like, um, you, you're looking at your husband and you're just, oh, you're so frustrated or annoyed with him. And then he has like a deep and meaningful conversation. And then all of a sudden you're naked. Yeah. And that's the thing yeah. about this show too. Like, I hope men can listen to it or women can give tips to their husbands or partners or whatever. And say like, if you just connect with like a woman are, and you can attest to this or not, like are sexually connected a lot of the times through their brains. And when they start mm-hmm. to learn about their partners and their deepest, darkest secrets and, and what they're struggling with, which is sometimes what men don't like to talk about, you feel such a connection. You feel safe. You feel trusted, like trust, right? Trust is a big one. And then you want to take your clothes off because you, you're so turned on by that person because you just desire them and love them. But um, I just don't think men get that. They think that, you know, if they have an erection and the house is dirty, the woman's going to be like, okay, let me jump on top of you. And it's just isn't the case. It's so unattractive, you know? Yeah, it's exactly what you said. The brain is our most powerful, our most powerful sex organ. 
-hmm. And we have to get our brain engaged, involved on board to really be in the moment and it turned on for sex. Mm -hmm. So if we're already in that zone where let's say we're not turned on, but we want to get turned on, you know, and we (laughs) want to like have a little fun and little nooky nooky, what is like the best way that we can kind of, you know, turn the tables a little bit and like, kind of like get to that point so we can enjoy sex Mm -hmm. and have a good time. So I think the most important thing is you're saying you want to have sex, but you're just not turned on. I mean, honestly, like the other thing is that sex is so focused on, so sex is very centered on penetration, like Mm -hmm. penis goes in vagina and that's Mm -hmm. sex, but only 20% of women are going to have an orgasm during penetration. And the majority of women have it through other means, foreplay, Mm -hmm. oral sex, playing with toys, playing with hands, all the things, slowly undressing, slowing sex down. And so if you're just like rushing, right? I mean, some mm. women have orgasms during during penetration and that's amazing, but like most of them don't. So I think it's like, it could be making out again, like mm-hmm. slowing things down, getting yourself in playing with toys. Toys is a great way to kind of get your body going. You know, the vibrations, we have so many amazing nerve endings mm-hmm. all over our body that when stimulated with a vibrator can feel great. You can have your partner do it, you can do it together. Mutual masturbation is really hot where the two of you are kind of lying side by side and like turning yourselves on so you can kind of know that you're getting aroused and then there's you're looking at what they're doing and that's hot and they're looking at you. So it's kind of like a, a show, a show and tell. Um, so, I mean, that's really, and then deciding like it's important to you, you know, deciding that, that I really do want to connect with my partner, mm. but there's things you could do. Like also um, I have this great, so my on my website, sexwithemily.com, we have this great, it's been so wildly popular. It's called the yes, no, maybe list. It's probably our top downloaded guide on our site. It is our top downloaded site. So a lot of times couples are just like, they get bored of the same sex or it's just not doing it for them anymore. So Mm. it it lists like about 80 different sex acts. Everything, things you've heard, things you have, or maybe it's like spanking. (laughs) It could be kissing. It could be cuddling. It could be anal sex, dirty talk. And it says, is it a yes? Is it a no? Or is it a maybe? And then you and your partner can like each take the quiz and say like, oh my God, I didn't know you want a dirty talk. I want a dirty talk. We're both yeses on that. Or maybes are interesting too. Mm-hmm. Like, let's explore the maybe. That's a maybe for you or what? And so, you know, so many times couples just kind of get into a routine. I would say, I'm going to even say the majority and sex is always the same. Mm-hmm. So when you add novelty to any situation, especially sex situation, it's, you're going to be more interested and more engaged. So if you guys decide you're going to start doing something together, even if it's just like taking a bath or in another bedroom, or you're going to start or in another room in the house, mm-hmm. or you're going to dirty talk or do some fun play stuff that will also keep you engaged. Cause it's a new way of interacting together. Mm-hmm. Tim and we have homework. Are there some people? <laughs> <laughs> Do some people never orgasm? Cause I've had uh, so uh, some questions that I've been sent is like, what, what if you don't like sex? What if you don't orgasm and don't like sex? Is it that people don't actually like the act of sex or they just haven't had the person or they haven't been able to learn about their own bodies to even turn themselves on? There are 1% of the population is asexual, meaning they just, sex doesn't turn them on. They don't want to have sex. Um, they still want romance, but they don't want sex. But I would say mm-hmm. th- that what we were probably hearing from this question is somebody who's pre-orgasmic. Mm-hmm. M- most women can figure out, c- can have an orgasm 
it's it's mostly that you know, we're responsible for our own orgasm, not our partner. Mm. We're not going to give you an orgasm. We're responsible. And that is doing the work. That is understanding your body and your sexuality. Mm. What makes you feel good? Masturbation is a huge part of that. And mm. so many of us were raised in environments where it was shame to touch ourselves. You know, masturbation wasn't okay. Sex isn't okay until you're, you know, if you're married. And mm-hmm. even if you don't believe that anymore, it still is deeply ingrained in who you are and your mm-hmm. belief system. And so there's just so many things that can get in the way of that really important exploration that I urge everyone to do. Mm-hmm. The first time I ever orgasmed, it was by myself. And it was like, unless I knew how to turn myself on, how can you possibly tell a man right. what you like? And yet, you know, again, like you said, masturbation is so, even the word, like you cringe when you say the word, it's such exactly. a dirty word. Mm-hmm. And yet like, it's your own body and how you need to discover your own self. Because I think right. men in a lot of ways are confused and it's like this map that they don't really know how to follow and then women don't really know how to communicate to tell them but Mm. most men when you tell men hey to the right harder softer up down they love it they feel like they are in their pilot zone and they're and they're driving that plane and they love it for as as far as i know the people i've been with when you tell them what they want they want to please you Mm -hmm. men want to make you happy So it's like that communication breakdown that we sometimes have because we're so afraid to find out what we like within ourselves because we find it dirty. Right. Exactly. That's exactly it. We need to, you know, our partners are not mind readers. Mm -hmm. Every, every woman's different. They could have been with 10 women before you or in a relationship and they, and they doesn't mean that you're going to want the same thing as their last partner. And I used to believe that men were like shipped off to some secret school where they learned everything yeah. about women's bodies so they would know what to do. I yep. really did. I was like, men, no, don't they know? They just show up knowing they don't know. It's to the right. It's to the right. Right, right. exactly. They actually don't hard right, know. Hard right. Right. right, exactly. And they do, and you're right, Tam, and they, mm. do, they do want, they do appreciate feedback. And the lovers who don't appreciate feedback not your, not your, or they don't care about your pleasure, or they're not invested not in your pleasure, about you. not your yeah. people. Not your yeah. person. Yeah, I was just going to ask that actually to like flip the table a little bit. What if somebody is in a relationship and like their partner doesn't appreciate not, feedback, doesn't mm. want to hear it, you know? Doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's maybe they are still in love. I mean, is it possible for them to have like either a sexless relationship or like a relationship where they kind of do their own thing? You know, I just like for some people, I feel like you know, luckily we have partners that are receptive sexually like that. And but they're, they're good. I know. <laughs> what if they're not good and you yeah. love them? And you That's the thing. What if you love them, but like something isn't just quite right, you know? Right. Well, I, this is why I hope people figure this out before they get married and before they commit to someone for life, which many people do not do <laughs> yeah. because the sex is always great at the beginning. And that's when you decide mm-hmm. to get married, maybe. And that's when things happen or it changes. So I think the most important thing is decide that you're with a partner who has a growth mindset around sex. That they are somebody who believes investing in sexual health and wellness, that there's somebody who wants to grow along with you because your body's going to change. What you want is going to change. It changes throughout the decade, sometimes throughout the years. Mm. And so if you're, but if you're with somebody who is not interested, not interested in, you're not into them anymore because they're not invested in that. I think mm. you go to therapy. I mean, I think that most couples need therapy, not just mm. sex therapy, but any kind of therapy. 
and figure out if this is really something that we can work on. Because I think that, again, when we go, when we dig beneath the limiting beliefs that pe- many people have around sex, it's like, I mean, there's probably a reason if someone's partner saying, nope, I don't want to talk about it. It should always be great. That just tells me like there's some shame. There's something they grew up with in a home that it wasn't okay, or they don't have experience. You know, a lot of people don't have experience talking about sex. So they, it's a no, they're like, oh, we can't, it's weird because they haven't broke through that. No, babe, it's okay. Like it's me. We're in this together. It's awkward for me too. You know, a lot of what I do on my podcast also is talk to people about how to have those awkward conversations and uncomfortable conversations around sex Mm -hmm. when it just seems really hard. And you're like, well, I'd rather just suffer. I'd rather have no sex Mm -hmm. than have Mm -hmm. this conversation. But what you'll find out is that when you do have these conversations, it, it it might be hard at first. It's not one-time conversation. Mm -hmm. It can, it will bring you closer together. It will allow you to talk about things that maybe you, 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 you know, obviously never talked about before, but also it, couples find that they actually learn to enjoy the sex conversation. It's like a mm. fun thing. Like, what are we going to do this weekend? What should we try? And then you're in it together. It's not a like us versus them or one person is leading the sex charge in the relationship, which happens a lot. There's kind of sometimes like one person, it's like, I want to fix it or I want to do it. And it's like, it takes two to tango. Like there's mm-hmm. two of you involved in the sex life. So, and if your partner's not into it, I mean, I, I don't know. I think a partner who says, I don't want to go to therapy mm-hmm. or I don't want to talk about something is, like essentially telling you that they're not valuing the the, the health of the relationship. I mean, I, I don't know, like your car breaks down, you take it to mm-hmm. a mechanic, right? Or you, your mm-hmm. business is breaking down, you you see a business coach. But like mm-hmm. in a relationship, you just sometimes need a little bit of help, right? You mm-hmm. just you just do. And I, I think there's a really old stigma attached to, to um, therapy that just has to go because it's yeah, just really the only way for so many couples to, yeah, same. I love talking about myself. (laughs) Like, let's do this for For two more hours. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to cut me off. It's great. (laughs) Um, I got one question. I got got one question a few times, which was about like, as men get older, their erections aren't as virile. Um, You know, from when you first, some of these people on my Instagram have been married for 20 years or whatever, and their erection, their husband's erection isn't virile. Now that's a a really sensitive topic to bring up to Mm -hmm. someone that you love. And obviously, you know, it's not just about the penis, like, you know, it's obviously there's other emotional um, reasons that you're together. So how do you bring up a subject like that? As one of the questions was, how do you bring up a subject like that without hurting their feelings, but also that you want to be satisfied too? Mm. It's a, it's a great question. And, and really the first way you want to start this is I, I have the three T's for communication. I also have a guide for this on my site. Mm-hmm. It's called timing, tone, and turf. Mm-hmm. And this is how you want to have any conversation about sex. You don't want to have it. So the turf is outside the bedroom. People often think, well, I'm going to have it in the bedroom. Like, babe, mm-hmm. I noticed your penis wasn't as hard. Like that's not where you want to have it. Leave it for sleeping and sex. The turf could be when you're out and you're you're somewhere that you, maybe you're walking the dog together or a great tip is when you're driving in a car because then you're not making, like you still have to be making eye contact, but you're having the conversation, you know, so turf is outside the bedroom. Mm. And the timing is when you're not halt, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Just remember that. Oh, or drunk. <laughs> <when we're chilling laughs> or drunk. I don't think I have any other times, Roxy. <laughs> I know exactly. that's the thing, but you got to find that sweet spot, even if it's just uh-huh. for a few minutes a day. And then your tone is light and it's curious. It's not defensive. It's not angry. And, and I mean, it's not, you know, 
a lot of people have these conversations like, your pe- I noticed your penis wasn't hurt anymore and I can't oh have orgasms. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think she's going to do that, but really it's like, I mm. want, you know, and the, the, another reason why we don't have these conversations is because we are afraid we're going to hurt our partners. So we mm. just say, that's just too unbearable. I don't want my partner to leave or feel bad about their penis. I already know. Mm. So I'm really just saying, you know, hey, babe, I realize we've been together a long time and we've never actually talked about our sex life mm. in depth. And I always say, blame me. Say you were listening to a podcast and you heard sex with Emily and she said, and she made me think about it. Like everyone just take this note. It works. And then you could say, I realize we've never talked about it. And gosh, you know, how amazing we've been together this long and I love our sex life and I want to talk to you about something. And I want you to know that this is, this is about both of us and I'm not trying to hurt you here. I really care. And I, I've noticed lately that, you know, you're, penis isn't as hard and I know that happens because you know, I noticed lately that your erections aren't as strong and I I've done some research because the truth is it's true as men get older it's loss of testosterone just like mm-hmm. women loss of arousal so and I've got I wonder if you want to talk about it there's some solutions and then she could even lead with some stuff that she wants I thought we should talk about her sex life I want to talk about some things that I need maybe she needs more foreplay maybe she needs wants to buy a toy or and then say I also noticed it seems to be kind of Painting you because I'm sure he's probably brought up in the bedroom and said, Oh God, I'm not as hard. I mean, I'm thinking they're that close. They're married. And then she just says, You know, I I've done some research. It seems like it's something that we could work on. It doesn't have to live with this. You don't have to live with any of this sexual pain or frustration or not having the erections. Get checked out by a urologist, find someone who does bioidentical hormones and get your testosterone checked. A lot of times though, it could be also it's all about blood flow. Mm-hmm. So if the erections happens because you, there's, you're getting like a, a clog, if you will, like in that area. So you're not, the blood isn't flowing as well. So there's are some things you could do. Like you have to also look at diet and exercise, nutrition. Are you moving your body? You know, how's your brain function? Cause really your brain and your genitals are sort of, it's all the same. If you've got a problem with your brain functioning, you're not able to focus, you're foggy. There might be some problems in your um, pants as well. So really just making sure that you're overall healthy, but, and, and, you know, it, it is men in their forties, thirties, forties, but it doesn't, you know, there are a lot of things you could do, but getting your hormones checked is really important. Mm-hmm. And so the conversation, like, I know I said it and you're like, Oh really? Like your erections aren't. Cause you think like, isn't, aren't they going to not have an erection if you say, yeah, yeah. You like, know, like the minute you bring mm-hmm. up the thing, then it's anxiety, which you said doesn't, then they're going to be thinking about the thing. Yeah. And then the anxiety brain means that there's no blood flow to the thing, <laughs> to the penis. Well, I'm sorry. I'm saying say things right so many before times. Sex. You don't say it right before sex. You just say, I want you to know, like, I lo-. and here's the other great thing is the compliment sandwich. Remember this, all the things you love, you start with something that you're loving about your sex life. Like, God, I, I thought we should have our sex life because it was so hot. What you did last week, the way you mm-hmm. went down on me or that the orgasm I had was crazy. And then the middle piece is like the, you know, that's like the first piece of bread. The middle piece is like, and I thought, you know, um, I noticed that like sometimes it's just not as hard. And I, I just want you to know that there's some, I've been looking into this, that I'm cool with it, but I, mm-hmm. I thought we could just get the most up-to-date solutions and there's some stuff available. And, and then you end it with like, and I think if we both are able to talk about our sex life and make some of these changes that will continue to have the best mm-hmm. sex ever. And, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like a, it's, it's just, it's, it, it is tricky. And also sometimes the conversation, the first conversation is just, I realize we never talk about our sex life. Like if she's been with mm-hmm. someone for a long time mm-hmm. and say, why don't we like talk about the three most memorable time we've had sex and switch papers? Like, why don't we do a bucket list? Why don't we, it could be lighter. And then the next time you bring up the, the penis, like you, there's no, ru- if they've been living <laughs> right. with it for a while, you don't have to be like rushed straight to the erection thing. Mm-hmm. But it's really just, 
it's just like getting comfortable talking about it. So mm. like people always say like, you just don't go from like zero to 60 if you've never. Mm-hmm. So take baby steps. Like we were told that sex is like this one conversation, it's the birds and the bees, but it's, it's an, which isn't even true. The birds and the bees have nothing to do with sex. So you just, you just keep having it and it becomes part of your dialogue, part of your repertoire, part of your relationship. It will mm-hmm. help strengthen it. So mm-hmm. And how about, you know, especially with kids, and I know this is something that I kind of, you know, struggle with internally about when to tell my daughter about sex, you know, like when to sort of, cause I want her to have a healthy, you know, while growing up, like have a healthy idea of sex, obviously, um, you know, to hold it close. So it's, you know, something that's important to her, but like also to not feel kind of like the dirtiness and the ickiness that I felt growing up. Cause we didn't have like open dialogue about sex, you know, right. in my house. Most so people like, didn't. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it's like one of those things that's like, when do you start talking to your kids about having sex? I'm like, mm. what is the right time? And what, what are the things you should say to them? And how do you make them yeah. not feel dirty? You know? Well, it does start at home and it starts, or, you know, here's the thing. It's like, we, it starts with them feeling comfortable. How old's your daughter? So she's seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the, the challenges, and then so many parents have this challenge is that, mm-hmm. especially in America, well, I guess most places, we just, we've already started to, to they've already started to get the message that mm-hmm. their bodies are private, like no one should mm-hmm. touch it. Maybe they were, sh- I'm not saying your daughter, but a lot of mm-hmm. kids were touching themselves at a young age and their parents were like, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's private. That's, you know, just go to your room. And they've already been shamed in some subliminal way that they, you know, age one to seven stuff happens that you don't even really remember, but it can happen. Mm-hmm. So I think that as soon as they start asking you answer the questions with an age appropriate answer and you, you talk to them about consent and that no one else can touch your body, you name the parts, mm-hmm. you know, you think about like when you're a kid, people are like, oh, here's your knees and your thighs and your stomach and they jump right to your stomach and like this body part has no name so for so many women they're like what is that and they're like mm-hmm. oh it's your vajayjay it's your hoo-ha no you call the vagina you call the clitoris the clitoris and and you know I have a friend who's a sex educator and her five-year-old daughter found her vibrator mm-hmm. and instead of saying oh, oh no don't don't pull it away she's like oh she's like mommy what's this she's like oh that's my toy I put it you know I put it on my vulva because daughter knew the vulva mm-hmm. was the external part of vagina and it feels good sometimes that's what I do for, for it makes me feel good and daughter's like oh okay and put it down it's like we're we have weird reactions to sex we're so protective about sex and so mm-hmm. they can read that so I just think you answer the questions truthfully and you talk about their bodies and you talk about you know parts and you just sort of start where you're at and you can even say like you don't have an answer. You get back to them later. But if they ask, you just, again, answer with an age appropriate question and you just keep having the talk. And yeah. what is the correct response if you, if you walk in and they are masturbating, like what is, mm-hmm. you know, what do you, say, mm-hmm. right, what do you say to them? I just say, Oh, does that feel good? Yeah. That feels, Oh, I'm so glad I'm going to, I'm going to leave. Like I'm going to walk out. Like you just kind of, honestly, the best thing to do is say, Oh, I see you're doing dinners in five minutes. Mm-hmm. And you just let them touch themselves. Yeah. That feels good when mommy touches herself there too. Mm, okay. Just make sure that you're the only one that does that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Now. I think that's the, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. That's the Honestly, thing. like it's because then it's not shamed. It's not like, oh, oh, what are you doing? Don't like, touch if you yourself. Came in and yeah. She was playing with her Barbies. You'd be like, oh, cute. Mm-hmm. So I know this is a practice and this is sounds very like 
kind of crazy to some people, but it's, that's, you know, that's, that's really how it's just like celebrating them. Like, I know that feels good to me too. And if they're in the living room doing it, you're like, oh, I know it feels good, but let's wait till you're in your room. Cause right now we're, we're sitting around as a family, you know, mm-hmm. better to do that in your bedroom. <laughs> it's interesting that you said that because my daughter was like, oh, mommy, like two years ago, we were all running around naked and like, we were laughing at each other's penises and like the penis <laughs> and vaginas, because we say use the correct terms. And I went straight to what you just said. I was like, you must not do that, you know? And and my husband, which sometimes he's more like that with other subjects, but he was like, you know, they're just kids. They're just exploring. There's nothing, you're you're making it into something that it wasn't even Mm. something in the first place, you know? And so it's just, it's it's definitely a mind shift because you, I went straight to shaming her about Mm -hmm. looking at other kids' bodies. I was, you're you're too young. You should not be doing that when she was just exploring. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. You know, there's only really one place in the world that I know about, and that's like in the Netherlands. They mm-hmm. they actually start teaching sex ed, kind of what I've talked about at a very young age, but it's not like they're teaching about like intercourse or mm-hmm. babies, how mm-hmm. babies are made. But again, they name the parts. They teach kids about consent. When kids get older and they start having feelings for somebody in third grade, they explain to them what's going on with their emotions. They mm-hmm. talk about orgasm. They talk about pleasure. I mean, the thing is that in our sex ed in America, if they do teach it, or most of the Western world, if they do teach sex ed, it's usually very fear-based. Like don't Mm -hmm. get pregnant, don't get an STD, Mm. but there's nothing about pleasure. So then we go off to have sex and we're like, well, where's the fun part? But we don't teach about orgasm and masturbation. And so Mm. really in the Netherlands, you find that kids have sex or young people have sex and they'll talk to their parents about it. And the parents will like ask them like, did you use protection? Was there pleasure? You know, it's, Mm. it's totally a normal conversation. And that's, probably one of the only places I can think about that actually does it in a way that I, I would love to see us mm-hmm. adopt more of that mm-hmm. in the Western Yeah, Sex is such taboo. World. It's so shameful. Like I just, I said to my husband the other day, I was like, we watch TV and you see someone's head chopped off or you see someone like literally a dead body on the news in the street. You saw, you see a nipple and it's like such an uproar. <laughs> it's like our bodies have know, become such an issue. I, I mean, I it's know. just a breast as a breast. I mean, in Australia exactly. here, my kid is seven and my other kids too. And she'll just change on the beach really quickly. And no one even looks over, but if that right. was in the States, it would be, it would be such a problem. I posted an Instagram picture with us with um, hearts on our butts. And it, it, it kind of went viral because people were just really against the fact that my children, and they had heart emojis over everything. You couldn't see anything yeah. was their backs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we need to celebrate our bodies and maybe we won't yes. dislike them so much um, well, as we grow up. If it's not such an issue. That's the other thing is that, that we don't celebrate our bodies at such a young mm. age. Like we just start to, they start to feel shame about it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, celebrating their bodies and making them feel comfortable in it and not making it a thing. It's so I'm so, glad you're having that experience there. It's so interesting because men are so connected to their penises, you know, and it's like, they, they're so proud of it, you know, and it's like, we as women, it's, it's so sad because it's like almost the opposite. Like we're almost so shameful of our right. vaginas and our, we can't even say the right. word, right? It's like, that's right. the thing we, we, are, yeah, we are very shamed about our bodies. Men are obsessed with their penises and women are like, Oh, I don't like my vulva or my vagina is weird. And I just think that women can't even look, they don't even like take a, I always tell women like take a mirror, like look at yourself, look at what's going on down there, understand your body. But we just, right. here's the other thing you going back to your first question. Why aren't we in the mood? Think about it. If we have shame around our bodies and we don't love our body, we feel like we've gained weight or we don't like our vulva or whatever it is. How could we possibly feel the get in the mood to sex? Like all day long, we're walking around hating our bodies. And then all of a sudden we're just to be in the mood for sex. But yet all mm. day long, we've been like, not all year or all our lives long. It's just, you got to start to, you know, work on that body, like 
Right. I want to say body love and everyone's going to love their body, but just body neutrality is much better mm-hmm. than body hate. I've had about 30 of the same question about medication <laughs> and sex. And I do feel like, you know, because of what's going on in the world, a lot of people are now on anxiety and depression medication, probably more now than ever. And yes. it's completely ruined their libido and they do not know how to get it back. Um, and they're just like, what is your advice? Like, is it even possible to be on medication and still be having good orgasms or blood flow down there? Like what actually yeah. happens when you take medication when it comes to your sex life? Yeah. Well, when you, when you, when you're t- on like an antidepressant, like an SSRI, which is like mm-hmm. Prozac, Celexa, Zoloft, that absolutely can have an impact on your libido. Now, sometimes the side effects do subside over time. Like after a few months, you'll find like, oh yeah, my, my, my libido came back or I'm able to have an orgasm. But also it's important to talk to your doctor and to say like, you know what, this isn't working for me. Maybe we need to go down a little bit or we need to add something mm-hmm. else. Or sometimes like um, Wellbutrin is one that for depression that doesn't cause the sexual side effects as much. So that's what, and it can happen to men as well. And so I just, it also birth control pill can yeah. also cause that, which is the mm. irony of irony. So I just, I think that it's not something you have to live with. You can adjust it. You can tell your doctor and be honest with them and just, yeah, figure out what you can do. But also sometimes it's like, again, maybe it's at first because they can also call nausea at first and they can, there's a lot of different side effects, but mm-hmm. again, if it works for you, you don't just go off of medication. So everybody, I'm talk to your doctors. Don't just decide this on your own, but there's, mm-hmm. you just, all I'm saying is there's, there's workarounds and there's solutions to that. Mm-hmm. And also just keep masturbating, keep seeing how you can turn yourself on. Like maybe how it was before doesn't really work, but you know, you just find new, new ways or new paths to pleasure. So just patience and letting your mm-hmm. partner know and working on arousal together, maybe you need a little more foreplay or a little bit more tenderness or, you know, so but it's not an absolute. Like I, I know it sucks because people are like, "Well, I was really depressed, and now I feel good. <laughs> now I feel better." <laughs> no, <laughs> sex I life. And that's depressing. What the? You know, what am I going to do? So, yeah, it's just getting more information and understanding your bodies. But again, for a lot of many people, it can subside after mm-hmm. a few months. You know, I think a lot of couples too, especially, you know, in California and Los Angeles where we live, you know, recently, well, not that recently, but marijuana has become legal. You know, people are microdosing and they're using mushrooms and Molly and like all these different things that can affect your sex life, you know, one way or the other. Sometimes partners want to do it. Sometimes they don't, you know, so it's all kind of getting on the same page, but what are your thoughts, especially like with the legalization of marijuana? Like, do you think that's a good thing to bring into the bedroom? Like, is that a good, if I do, if it works, yeah, I'm a fan. Like if it, if it works for you, here's the thing. Like if you don't like, well, here's the other thing. I just think Mm -hmm. that, that, that marijuana is, is so is in cannabis. It's, it's so much like more regulated now than Mm -hmm. it ever was before. So like people are like, oh, I could never do an edible or I had a bad experience in college. Like it's really different now. Like you know exactly what you're getting, how many doses are in it and things. And I think that it, it can actually take the anxiety away, some of the stress. You take it in the bedroom before you have sex. It, it just mm-hmm. kind of can help with, with that anxiety, with racing thoughts. You can take some that helps you be more embodied, mm-hmm. literally more in your body. You could have more intense orgasms. You can... So I, I'm a fan of it for, for, I think that it can really help a lot of of so many people. I work with some brands I love. Well, I've known them forever. Foria, it's F-O-R-I-A. They were like the first, like probably like eight years ago who started, it's a friend of mine. He had a condom company and then he's like, I'm going to get into like cannabis and sex. And so then he started doing 
this and they still have this amazing like lubricant right now. So if you don't want to smoke it or you just want CBD, Foria came out with a, a, a lubricant that has even more CBD because the CBD matters, the quality of the CBD, like the, the concentrate of it. So they have one that you put, they have like a pre-sex, pre-sex one that you can use or they have a lubricant and it's like just oil and, mm-hmm. and cannabis. That's it. And it's just, and what the great thing about it is a lot of women report that it helps them with um, anxiety or with pain mm-hmm. and it just helps you relax and get in the moment. So I say like, try it out at a night when you're just with your partner and maybe just, I mean, again, drugs are not for everybody, but if you're having a glass of wine, this is a different impact. This is a different, a different impact on your, on your, on your, on your brain, on your body. And yeah, I think it can be a great way to connect and to just sort of the thoughts can sort of go away and help Mm -hmm. you be present. But again, case by case basis. Yeah, I like that. I like kind of mixing (laughs) it up a little bit like that. Because it's, if to me, like marijuana is more of like a new, like it's a, it just kind of like calms me and it's like more neutralizing. So it's kind of fun to do that, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. I'm, and I definitely, I'm a fan. (laughs) you're a fan okay good and i definitely know what i'm getting tamin for christmas um no i had marijuana once and i drove myself to the hospital and i thought i was dying you know what once you had that experience you don't want to go back there (laughs) i get it that's like the opposite but it's too much yeah they have too much the first time or one time Mm -hmm. it's just different now like different two milligram of something I mean, yeah, I'd like to try everything. No but this is one. So, okay, so thank you. Thank you for my over-the-top pressure right there, Roxy. Every day I'm getting texts. Weed, weed, weed. <laughs> I just know what I'm getting you for Christmas this year. One, one, one puff, one puff. Same. On your Instagram, you said, let's demystify BDSM. And I mm-hmm. obviously have never really, not obviously, but I've never really gone down <laughs> this road because, you know, in my mind, like, pain doesn't equal pleasure like pleasure equals pleasure you have never been tired yeah, I've been tied up it's like sure like when you're first dating you're like let's yeah. buy the little fluffy as you know my anxiety I'm like as long as I can get out and you're not some crazy person and I'm stuck here and right. I have to try to call the police and I decompose um as long as that doesn't happen then yes I've done all those little things but I don't find the pleasure in pain and I know it's quite um closely linked actually pleasure yeah. pain those receptors yes. so yeah. I'm, I'm sure that there is um there is science to this that it yes. does actually can increase arousal so let's demystify it let's break it down so mm. um it's my 10-year anniversary coming up so <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be like bruised by the next time yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a 10-year wedding anniversary be a little stoned years. and, and yes. oh my gosh exactly. it's like who is this I'll be stoned and, and have a bruise thanks Roxy real great 10 years happy again. Annie um, yeah thanks thanks so much guys but let's demystify it because uh, like for someone like me I'm like ah, oh, you know it's it's great in theory but just not not my jam well, it's not for everybody. It stands mm. for bondage, discipline, sadomasochism, um, sadist, and masochism. And, and honestly, it's like, yeah, it could be about tying your partner up. It could be word dominance, um, you know, uh, power play. It's about mm. someone's, you know, leading, someone's following, someone's a dom, someone's a submissive. And so, I, I mean, the thing is, it's very misunderstood. People think of like Fifty Shades of Grey and you need like a helicopter and a, and a red room of pain. 
really just about playing. It's play. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be painful at all. It could just be restriction. Like your hands are tied and you blindfold on and then your partner, you don't know what's going to come next. And that's exciting. And that's something new because you're always having many, many of us in long-term relationships are having sex the same way, the same time in the same room all the time. So it's just, it's so it's a new way to play and it can be a really big trend And pleasure and pain are really closely related in the sense of like, it's actually the same receptors in our brain that experience pleasure, experience pain. Mm. And so it's really about like, just and also people who experience it like pain can be light spanking or you know using a a paddle or your hand and and it's not like it's terrible pain but for people who are doing it they they say that there's it's less painful when it's during sex because you're already in this arousal state and it's more it's about endorphins right you can get the same rush and if you're with someone having sex it's like it can feel really good um Mm -hmm. and and for couples who people who get and this is very common too another common question i get asked is why can't I, you know, stay in the mo- moment during sex? I'm always thinking about the laundry or I didn't, you know, message my boss back or whatever. And it's like, if you play with together, whether it's like, you know, tying someone up or dominant submissive play, even with your words, you're engaged together. Like you're in a play, you're playing mm-hmm. together. And so your mind is like less likely to be wandering towards what does my body look like? Or what's mm-hmm. my partner thinking when you play together? So I like it too. Well, I mean, I like what exactly did you do last night, Roxy? Let me tell you, let me in prep for the show. (laughs) So it's a scale, right? So it's like, I feel like BDSM is like a scale. Like there's not like, it's just all pain or all pleasure or like, you know, it's whatever you want to make of it. And I know for me, I like a little light, like dominance in the bedroom where I'm not the dominant one because Mm -hmm. I am so alpha and dominant, like in my everyday life with work and like with, you know, just being, you know, out and about and all the things, but it's like in the bedroom, I don't want to be the alpha, my man, my husband to like take over. I want to throw down. Yes. Throw down is the best. Yeah. Cause I'm so anti, like, you know, obviously being hurt in general, right. But if he like picked me up and threw me on the bed, yeah. I would be yeah. like, oh my goodness, Hello. what is going on? It's hot. Exactly. It's That's hot. the thing. That That is, a lot of us are dominant in our everyday life. And so when it comes to the bedroom, we're like, I just want someone else to take control. Yes. And it's really hot to be, because you always need someone leading and someone following. Otherwise, you can't both be passive and you can't both be, you think about it. If you think about like the polarity, we talk about, like I talk about this a lot of my show, sexual polarity that there has mm. to always be someone leading and someone following so mm-hmm. and then when, when people often say like i want part to be more dominant sometimes the partner doesn't know what, sometimes they don't know what they mean what, what do you mean by that so you got to like kind of show them you know there's a lot of different ways to get into it but it is true that that makes sense like there's nothing wrong i mean that's a lot of my job too is telling people like it's okay like there's no shame like it's you're totally normal people don't know if they're normal it's like really there's just we're all fine. We just have to accept ourselves really and yeah. talk about sex. Like that's really until it. you learn about my sexual fantasy. Um, <laughs> but her. what <laughs> tell her, tell her, tell her, tell her. I think I should ask. I think I should ask why I think. Yeah. Okay. So um, not with my like when I'm with my husband, I don't think about this stuff. But like my sexual fantasy, if I'm having my own mental gymnastics, is I like to think of like really um like a pizza guy who like can't have sex because no one wants him <laughs> like he he's gross his- he's like oh it's like this desperation like the guy who like has to like <laughs> I like the I like the like 
underdog, underdog who can't get laid. I don't want to have sex with that, but they're like the underdog for now because I have my husband, right? But but I do like that desperation element, and that turns me on with my fantasy, like the guy mm. who's just like, oh, I'm no one wants to be with me, <laughs> um, and that really gets me off. So tell me why. <laughs> why why am why is that my thing to go to like i don't want to see hot people like really ripped like chiseled you know angular features because i'm like oh it's so boring to me i find it really boring you want the guy that you are like the savior and then he just can't believe how oh my gosh i have a god complex <laughs> but i don't know if i want i don't know if i want to be there i just want to watch him be desperate Wait, you want to watch him have sex with somebody else who has sex? No, my fantasy is just like him. Yeah, him just like sitting at home, like really like upset about life. Oh, just thinking about him. Yes, not me. You don't come into the picture. No, 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 no. So you think about a guy at home. Like someone driving a truck who's like, oh my goodness, I'm driving this truck and like no one wants me. And like, I, you know what it is? I think it's because it's the desperation. The desperation turns me on as a fantasy, not in with me, like if someone was desperate, like if I was with someone, but the idea of desperation. Okay, the idea of like I've never heard of it before. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to go a little bit deeper because if he turns you on and your face isn't in it, you're nowhere in the no, thing. nowhere. You're just thinking about a guy who's delivering pizza and getting back in his truck. <laughs> yeah. Like there was this one show, there was this one show where like the guy was like turned on by his car. He was like, oh, I just love my car. It just turns me on. I thought that was so hot. I was like, not because I want to be with a guy who's turned on by his car, but like that deranged, like, oh my goodness. Like I, I I just love my car so much. Like that turns me on. I don't know. You're a serial killer. Nothing about the underdog. Yeah, I don't know here. I, the fact that you're not in it is interesting because so many mm. fantasies are like, we're in it. Mm. No. We're fantasizing about it. You just think about this situation. Do you, Did you know? Well, here's my other question for you. Did you ever know anyone like that? Did, when you oh. think about that fantasy, was there ever anyone, I'm not saying this is the person you want to be with, but was there ever a scenario maybe early on in like sixth grade, there was the boy you had the crush on you. You know, Usually there's some kind of connection to things like that. Oh my like, goodness, I'm having an epiphany. Yeah, it was probably had. I was very, so I was like 200 pounds as a kid and I didn't get much attention um, at all. And then I lost the weight and was on a TV show six months later. And so I started to get attention. So maybe it's like, it's like someone um, maybe wanting me back in the day when I never was wanted. I don't know. It's like your childhood. Yeah. Maybe when you were younger, you thought about like, well, where's somebody else who's not Yeah, why? Yeah, like, like who's just not getting the, the the attraction? Where's my guy? And so it's like a holdover from our early, like even prebubescent, prebubescent. You know what I'm saying? Before puberty yeah. or during puberty, usually that's when a lot of our initial um, we call it core erotic themes. Mm. So that's your core wow. erotic theme because it was probably when you first became started having sexual thoughts or maybe touched yourself. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's your alter ego. It's like it's your animus. I think it was Carl Jung who talked about usually when we dream about dream about a, a man or a woman, it's not really about who they are. It's about who they, it's the, it's the masculine. Like if I dream about a man, but it's familiar and I think it's me anyway, it's about, it's, it's that part of you that can relate to that man. So there's a lot of different theories, 
but it's yeah because I would never want to think of someone who was like chiseled because I probably would have thought like well I would never I would just be so insecure I remember having sex with like this one guy who was so a beautiful specimen and the whole time having sex with him I was like why is he having sex with me why is he having sex with me why is he having sex with me I was like it's like and he he was enjoying it. He had a great time. But the whole time I just thought like, like, this is so embarrassing. Like, obviously mm. he's much better than me. Wow. Uh, so there's a part of you, it sounds like that still is identifies with that younger girl who felt overweight and maybe not attractive. And that we don't lose that part. Just because we lose the weight doesn't no. mean we lose that identity. And we have to kind of realize where we're at. I mean, this goes on through life too. Like I... There's so many ways I still have to remember, like I've had success, you know, it was so hard for me to, you know, with work, start this podcast, it took 15 years, you know, I've been in a long time starting a business, you know, and just think, am I, oh, I'm successful. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? So in many ways, like it's the same thing is for like, we change and we still identify with those earlier, younger, maybe more, less evolved, you know, parts of ourselves. We forget that like, oh no, I am that hot, (gasps) strong, smart, beautiful woman. So it sounds like there's a, a party that's still attached to her, which is okay too, but as long as it's not holding you back. Damn it. I think ha- fantasy is healthy. Yeah, we figured yeah. you out. That's like we crazy. figured you out. We, well, we, we have haven't figured you out, yeah. Roxy. I know. See, now you understand really why I'm saying. Yeah. See, but I am so like, I feel like I'm kind of boring in my fantasies because my fantasy is You're like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt and Keanu Reeves not together, but like separately maybe maybe why not what is that i know maybe maybe <laughs> as long as you're just focused on me I'm it's in. your fantasy um <laughs> but what does that mean if it's just like shallow good looking you know <laughs> that's just you're shallow okay so okay, if so. we're going back to like like i love that like tamma we went a little bit okay like what is this you're probably going to see tim and that there's parts of you that may in other parts of your life where maybe you're still identifying as her mm-hmm. but it's not who you are anymore so that's mm. the message there like you're, you're, that probably shows up in other places. Oh, okay, so so yeah. Roxy, Roxy, Roxy. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not leaving. First, let me say this, that fantasies are part, people who have a healthy fantasy life, and most of these fantasies are healthy, report having more satisfaction. So it's really important to have fantasy. Like okay. if you don't have fantasy, cultivate fantasy. It's a very mm-hmm. big part. So like, I think that's great. But for you, it just that's really common to think about having sex with celebrities. One of the top fantasies in the world like there's a guy named justin lameriller he's a he's a a, um, a researcher from the kinsey institute and he says like yeah it's like that's like the most common fantasies that we're thinking about somebody who is turned on and like somebody somebody who's famous mm-hmm. somebody who we recognize and that is hot like that's yeah. just like of course like who doesn't fantasize about brad pitt so to me it's just like that's a healthy fantasy it's maybe you know just yeah I mean that's just like someone who's attractive who's desirable to everybody else and then he wants you because a lot that's why I asked about Tamman's fantasy is he in it like is he um are you in the fantasy Mm -hmm. because most of us we are the subject of the fantasy so usually we're the subject of it so Mm -hmm. like we want to be desired we want someone to ravish us and this is a very common fantasy especially for women that we want to be like the center of someone's attention like we want that's why a lot of women have like the fantasy of being taken right it's because Mm -hmm. There's a lot of reasons for it we won't go into, but it's just like, just if someone adoring you and desiring you, why not have it be Brad Pitt? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. why, you know what I'm saying? So just that thing of being taken and being adored. And for many women who grew up with shame around sex or it wasn't okay to fantasize and it wasn't okay that to think that I'm being taken, it's kind of against my will. I didn't initiate it, but like Brad Pitt showed up my door and rang the doorbell. <laughs> and I had to go with it. I mean, one step closer to making it happen. <laughs> I mean, I would open the door and I'd be like, are you here for Roxy? Like I would never, 
I would never think <laughs> there for me. I'd be like, oh, right. sorry, I'm waiting for my pizza guy from the truck. Like I would yeah. never, <laughs> I would never be able to be like, oh, do you have pizza, Brad Pitt? Like I would just not think he'd be there for me. And then so if the pizza guy really- showed up at my house, I'd be like, oh, that wrong house, Tamara's down the way. Yeah. <laughs> she'd be like, she's, you're not here for me, obviously. I feel like we all got close to that. naked with the, she's ready with the pepperoni. Well, I'm glad that you figured us out. Um, yes. Thank you so much. Oh, like, I thought you... it was about everyone else's questions, but um, I, I now have some soul searching. Sex this soul is a big searching. Moment. This is a big moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll for having see, you. see you again. You. Um, yes. people, how do people find you? Mm. Uh, obviously, we know you have your podcast. Please, please let everyone yeah, know. Yeah, everything is sex with Emily, sexwithemily.com, sex with Emily on all social media. You can, you know send me your questions on Instagram. Feedback at sexwithemily.com is a great way to do that. I release two podcasts a week. You can subscribe on all podcast platforms. Sex with Emily everywhere. And can people see, can certain people come and see you if they're in Los Angeles? You do do that? I don't, no, I don't do that anymore, but they can send questions. And now we, on my podcast, people can call my hotline. Okay. I think it's 559-TALK-SEX, 559-TALK-SEX. And they can leave me a question there, a voicemail, and we call back, set up a time, and I can do like a one-on-one session with them during my podcast. Oh, very Amazing. nice. Yeah. So everyone, thank you so much for the show. I know yes. that everyone's been very interactive around this show. They have been asking questions for a couple of days now. Um, this will come out tomorrow. So if you're listening to it, it's today for you. Um, <laughs> and um, thank you so much, guys, for listening. We are Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And we have a Women on, Women on Top group on Clubhouse. And please don't forget to rate, subscribe, and follow on all the podcast platforms. So we can Thank keep you. bringing you amazing guests like Emily. Yes. <laughs> and I am Tamin Sursok. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women, Women on Top. Top.